We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. By fans, for fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. It is October 25th, 2021. Jonathan Osborne here. As always, I am joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia. Luke, what's going on, man? How are we feeling tonight? Bing bong. Bing bong. <laughs> oh my gosh. Mm. That good. That's it. I mean, I don't that's it. Oh man. That's it. Uh, a, a win if you guys don't haven't caught that. It's a it's a Knicks thing. Um we we love to beat the Knicks, especially after we get blown out by the at Knicks home. to go in to at home to go into MSG had my friends talking mad trash today. You know, my friend Brandon is a Giants fan and a Knicks fan. This morning he says, uh, after the Giants win, he goes, man, a Giants and a Knicks win in the same day. Can you believe it? And I just texted him after and just replied to the text in our group chat. And I said, I think this is where you jinxed it. So, uh, so you know, it, it, was a, it was a fun game. It was a sloppy game. It was, you know, nothing pretty about the shooting numbers. But, man, it felt good to get a win. It truly, truly did. And we're going to cover uh, the weekly state of the Magic. You guys might... Notice that my voice is trashed. Uh, RJ Hampton took a charge against Evan Fournier Friday at Amway, and it was called a block. And I just let the ref have it the best that I could, <laughs> and my voice is still recovering from that. I would be remiss if I didn't mention the fact that, you know, luckily, thanks to you guys, and, you know, uh, it's really for the podcast, but I was the one that was fortunate enough to go to Amway to cover the game. Um, as a member mm-hmm. of the press, uh, it was just really a dream come true. Just really, really crazy. Um, you know, you walk in the back of Amway. I have no idea where I'm going. I feel like an idiot. <laughs> Shout out to Dan Savage. I walk in and I see Dan l- literally, thank God. And I'm like, <laughs> Dan, I have no idea what I'm doing. And he's like, yeah, <laughs> let me show you around. So he showed me like the media room. Luke, did you know that they feed the media? Oh, I had yeah. no idea. Did you see that? Did you see the ice cream machine? I did not see the ice cream machine, but I saw it. Like they so had like been... pasta, lasagna, like, like, like yeah. rice. You get a ticket. Oh, you used to gosh. at least you know back in my day, you used to get the the like a blue That's ticket exactly for what your meal. 
Yeah, yeah. And uh, I don't know if they still have the ice cream machine because the jokes are around the, you know, the press and stuff is that like the ice cream machine was always broken, kind of like McDonald's. Yeah. Um, it always had some type of malfunction, so I don't even know if they have it anymore. But uh, but yeah, no, I mean, that was awesome to, to get. I, if you guys have listened to the interviews, Jonathan got to ask a couple questions. Dude, he got so to, you know, Jonathan nervous, Osborne, dude. the six man show. So nervous. Give me chills. Oh, boy. Chills, bro. Dude, I was I was so nervous. I didn't ask Jamal anything because honestly, my head was just spinning being in that room. And then, yeah. you know, like Mo comes in and I'm sitting there. I'm like, man, I don't want to sound like an idiot, but I'm like, I'm never going to get better at this if I don't yeah. just jump in. So I asked Mo a question. Right. He gave me a good answer. And then I'm sitting there. And I've got a great question for Franz. I'm ready to queue it up. I'm sitting there with the mic. So for those of you that don't know, in the media room, uh, in the press conference room, there's two rows of seating, and there's a microphone on each side of the room, and it, it just goes back and forth, back and forth, left to right, left to right. And um, I'm sitting there. I've got the mic in my hand. Gentleman from um, uh, the Orlando Sentinel is sitting there. Uh, he's getting ready to ask his question, and he asked the question that I was going to ask Franz. So as he's mm. going through that, I'm in my mind like, oh, my God, I can't hand the microphone back. I'm going to look like a total <laughs> loser. So I had to think of another question, and, and luckily, you know, Franz. Great question. Thank you. Thank you. Great question, dude. Mm-hmm. Grace of God. No other excuse for that. Think, thinking, thinking yeah. on the fly. Well, that's kind of. I'm used to that here on the on the you know interviewing with you. You know, like we just had Tunji yeah. and some of those. Like, you know, as he's talking, it just kind of prompts more questions. Right. So luckily, I've had mm-hmm. some practice with that, but it was just so so much fun, just being on the floor for warm ups. You know, being two feet yeah. away from. I met Jeff Weltman. Um, Super nice guy. I finally got to meet uh, Josh Robbins in person after all these years reading all of his stuff. Uh, met David Steele. Uh, David Steele said that he will come on the podcast at some point. Obviously, very busy these days. Um, but it was great to meet him. Just great to meet so many people that I've interacted with on Twitter over the years. But, man, we're going to talk about the Knicks game from tonight in a little bit. But being in that arena, like I've been there for you know Heat games. I've been there for you know Cavs games with LeBron been there for Warriors games Warriors. like the away crowd is always really loud there but it was it has never been like it was Friday in Amway with yeah. the Knicks crowd like Obi Toppin hits that corner three mm-hmm. I think it was and then has the steal and the dunk the other way and the whole place just erupts let's go Knicks and Evan Fournier who used to play for the Magic is sitting on the sideline on the bench and he's talking to his teammates like bro I've got goosebumps this is crazy and it really was. So screw the Knicks fans that were at Amway <laughs> screaming, we hate you. We got you back tonight. Bing bong. There's going to be a lot of that tonight. But, man, yeah. just dream come true. Really, it would not be possible without you guys. Like, from the bottom of my heart, if you've been rocking with the podcast for a little bit or a long time, I, just, I cannot thank you enough. None of this would be possible without you guys. And, like, I was a little kid getting to live out my dream the other night. So just... Thank you, guys. It was it was amazing. Really, really was. A couple of housekeeping things really quickly. Uh, we've started a Patreon. We've got some awesome patrons so far. If you have uh, not um, subscribed to the Patreon yet, you're interested in doing so, you can go to patreon.com slash the six-man show. I'm going to shout out our patrons right now. Ellis, Nathan Lynn, who uh, he's on Twitch, right, Luke? What's his Twitch channel? Uh, Lenbo, L-Y-N-N-B-O. Shout out to, to Nathan Lynn. Yep. A uh, friend of the podcast, Carson Tulo, mm-hmm. Zico, Keith Garcia, Armin, Drew Gooden, Court Cousins. The list is getting a little bit longer each week. 
which is really cool to see. Yeah. But just can't thank you guys enough for your support. Really, really appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, and yeah, and before we take care of some more housekeeping stuff, guys, um, just so you guys might be listening, you may not have heard Jonathan and I talk about the Patreon before. You, there's three different tiers, right? I'll go through them real quick. Two dollars a month is basically just supporting the show fully. Um, it's not free to run the show by any means. Um, then you got the five dollar a month tier, which is basically Patreon exclusive podcast podcast episodes that we will record for you guys, um, and we release only to the Patreon. Um, quick note and on then that: will be included in our special I know thanks. There are, yeah, our patrons are waiting for our first um, Patreon exclusive episode. There's an issue right now yeah. that I'm having with Patreon getting the the private RSS feed up. So pl- just please be patient. I promise I'm working every day with Patreon to get that figured out. So appreciate your patience. Yep. Yeah, and then you you know you look over to you know ten dollar a month. It's got things like Discord benefits. We've got a Discord for you guys where we can talk you know magic stuff, whatever you guys want, um, and everything that obviously you guys saw in the five dollar tier as well, along with a monthly Zoom Q and A, kind of us being transparent about the show and what we've got you know coming up. If you guys just kind of want to um, you know just talk whatever with us, obviously we'll be willing to do that as well. So um, would really appreciate you guys to you know take a look at it again. Like Jonathan said, patreon.com.com slash the six man show um, to kind of look at the tiers. Everything is laid out for you and kind of what those sections have included. Just a little quick sidebar for my folks on YouTube. Uh, we Recently, we've got some new subscribers, so really, really appreciate that. Um, but the majority of our listeners are not subscribed or viewers, I should say, are not subscribed to the channel. So if you're watching this, if you appreciate it whatsoever, if you enjoy it, if you could take two seconds, like the video, uh, subscribe to the channel. It really helps us out a ton. Just take two seconds, pause, subscribe, come back. We really, really appreciate that. And then if you guys are listening on Apple, um, if you guys are fans of the show, if you wouldn't mind stopping the episode right now to go leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, again, that means a, a ton for us. I think right now we're around like 140. Would love to get to 200. That would be amazing. So if you guys, again, subscribe on YouTube. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, just go ahead really quick. Leave us a five-star rating and review. Would mean the world. Thank you guys so much. All right, Luke. Let's talk the weekly state of the Magic. So the Magic started the season going one and two in their first week. Luke, you and I both picked the Magic to go one and two this week, but we both we but, picked different games and we were both wrong. And we and we ruled out the only game. We said there's that they no won. way they were going to win tonight in yeah. Yeah. in um in New York in MSG. So luckily they were able to pull it out. Uh, but if you guys don't know, uh, started the week with a 123 to 97 loss in San Antonio in their season opener, 121 to 96 loss to the Knicks on Friday in Orlando's home opener. It was the single, uh, you know, least fun game that I've been to in the Amway Center actually. And then uh, ended the week with a 110 to 104 win over the Knicks in Madison Square Garden on Sunday. So Luke, let's talk about um, Magic versus Spurs. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, so that game against the Spurs um, is a game I frankly don't want to talk about very much. Um, <laughs> that, that game was not fun. I mean, you look at the the quarter-by-quarter quarter breakdown here. The Magic didn't win a quarter. Yeah. So usually if you don't win a quarter, actually 100% of the time, if you don't win a quarter, you're you're probably you're probably losing that game. Um, so, you know, you kind of look have at to it, man. I mean, to win a you game. Have to. And, you have to. You have to. And you lose by 26, so nothing really was surprising about that, you know, in that point. But, um, you know, Spurs, a team that could easily be 11th, 12th in the West when this season ends, so really wasn't that encouraging of a game, obviously. You never want to start that way. Was there any type of positive, anything that you got from that game? Well, I think there's a few, um, you know, things, like like kind of background stuff so people have the full picture of what happened with this game. So everyone knows Markel's out, J.I.'s out. Um, Michael Carter-Williams is out. We're still waiting for Chuma Okiki to come back. Um, I'm hoping we see him sometime this week. Uh, last week, Jeff Weltman said that he's you know full contact participant in practice. They're just waiting for him to get his conditioning back. So we should see him soon. But then we got news um, that Etwan uh, Moore um, you know, sprained his knee, so he's out. Um, we didn't see him. Gary Harris was a late scratch. They basically found out during warm-ups, he started to have some hamstring tightness that he wasn't going to go. So Jalen Suggs got the start. So your first lineup of the year is Cole, Suggs, Franz, Wendell, Mobamba. So for me, it, this it, everything like it started off really well. We were at Harry Buffalo. Um, Philip Rossman Reich from Orlando Magic Daily locked on Magic. He came out. Uh, it was great to see him. But the Magic had an early lead, Luke. They were up 17-11 to 11, um, before the Spurs you know, kind of started this like it was like half full court press, like two one two half court yeah. trap. Um, they forced five magic turnovers in the first seven minutes of the game. Uh, the Spurs went on a quick six zero run to tie the game, and then after the first quarter, uh, Magic were down twenty eight to thirty two, um, down by twelve at the half, and then again sloppy turnovers in the third quarter, uh, six turnovers in the third. Uh, really played the Spurs pretty even to start the third, I felt like. Uh, but once the Magic broke the lineup, San Antonio closed the quarter on a 20-5 to run 
and then just never got close in the fourth quarter. You end up losing that game again, you know, 26 points, 123 to 97. Um, a couple of bright spots. I thought we can talk a little bit about the box score here. Franz Wagner, 12 points, four rebounds, two assists. He actually had you know some nice plays off the dribble, uh, six of nine from the floor. Wendell, 13 points, eight rebounds. Mo Bamba, 18 points, four rebounds, four, steal, four steals, uh, or four assists, excuse me, one steal, four blocks. Four blocks. So it was a, a Mo Bamba block party. Um, and with the Spurs, I mean, Jakob Pertl, 12 points, 13 rebounds. And Devin Vassell, just like coming out of FSU, a lot of people thought he was going to be good. And then you see him with the Spurs, you know, last year, and you're like, eh, is he really going to be that good? But 19 points. Um, eight of twelve from the floor, three of four from three. Uh, him and Lonnie Walker, especially in the the second half, just destroyed the Magic second unit. You know, we talk about when they broke the lineup, and we'll talk more about that against the Knicks because it seems kind of like a recurring problem. Um, but uh, but yeah, what were your big takeaways from the first game? I mean, the biggest thing was was Mo, right? I mean, you you look at Bamba, you look at what he did in the preseason. Like you said to me, you gave me a little bit of hard hard time. When we were texting about it. You're like, what? The, the preseason didn't do anything for you with Bamba, like everything that he put together. And I was like, no, it didn't. And it truthfully, it 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 showed me a little bit, but it did not really make me. I was still trying not to get my hopes up about Mo Bamba at that point. I was protecting myself um, from heartbreak and. You know, he comes out. I wish he would have had more rebounds in that game, obviously, um, with four, but he made up for it with, you know, four blocks and 18 points. Um, shot the ball really well, three for four from three, three for four from the free throw line, you know, three offensive rebounds. Those were four of his rebounds or one on the offensive end, um, three of them. So Mo Bamba was the big takeaway for me. In a game where the Magic lose by 26 and you still manage to be positive and a plus minus, says a lot about you and is one of the few times that like a plus minus is worth something. Um, Mo Bamba goes plus one in a game that you lose by 26. Him and Wendell both. I mean, Wendell went plus three and they were the only two in the positive. So if that doesn't tell you much about a, a Mo and Wendell lineup, um, might have its flaws at some points, obviously, and it won't be something we you know see starting forever once J.I. comes back. But I think that also continued to really affirm for me that despite a blowout, I think Mo and Wendell can play alongside each other um, you know, when we have to throughout the season, if it, if it comes to it and, you know, just throughout the rotation of the game, I think that's something we could see. Yeah, I think when, um, like J.I. and Chuma, you know, those guys come back, we're right. going to see less of that. But especially right now when you're playing against, you know, bigs that really aren't all that mobile, like Jakob Pertl, you know, Drew Eubanks, um, especially like those types of lineups, you know, you're, those guys are going to do really well together. This was, you know, the rookie debut for Franz Wagner, Jalen Suggs, uh, again, you know, we talked about Franz, you know, he played pretty well. Jalen, on the other hand, you know, had some moments, but really didn't shoot the ball very well. Three of 14 from the floor, um, one of six from three, had one rebound, one assist, one steal. Did look pretty solid on the defensive end. Like, I think we just all know that that's going to be there for him. And we'll talk more about Jalen, you know, just kind of like an overview of the week uh, in a little bit here. But like the the first game, that was my big takeaway with Jalen, like, seem to be in the right spots, but offensively, it's going to take time for him to know when to pass, you know, know when to shoot, know when to drive, um, you know, know who he's able to, you know, try to finish over at the rim, uh, who can he attack yeah. and try to get fouled. So not Mitchell Robinson, not by the Mitchell way. Robinson. Yes, that was Steve Clifford's <laughs> biggest thing when he was here. One game, it was like the first half and Mitchell Robinson had like five blocks and Steve Clifford's like, 
we went over this like the entire morning right. that we weren't going to go at Mitchell Robinson, and here we are. But um, yeah. what what were your thoughts of uh, of the debuts of, of the rookies? Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, not much to add, really, man. I mean, they they're both guys that are growing, they're learning. The game is still trying to slow down for them, and will continue to do so for a long time. Um, Franz, I mean, he. Uh, you know, I, he had some unfortunate matchups with like Murray. Sometimes would get switched on to Murray, as like we were talking about too, where you know Murray would just blow by him. But you know, he he did finish with two blocks and a steal. Um, you know, didn't shoot bad at all. Six for nine, misses two, you know, three point attempts, which you know he would soon redeem himself in the game on Friday against the Knicks from three point land. But um, yeah, so as far as Franz goes, man, I think he. Uh, he he played better than I thought he would play in his debut, to be honest with you. And then Jalen um, played worse <laughs> than I thought he would in his debut. I mean, he had three turnovers and one assist. It's really kind of inexcusable to have triple the amount of turnovers as the assist that you have, regardless of you know the amounts. Um, so, yeah, I think it is just a matter of learning for Jalen. I think there's a lot more on his shoulders offensively is probably what he feels and what he can become. So I think he's just got a lot to learn. And so, uh, unfortunately, there's going to be games like that for Jalen. He's going to struggle to find a shot. Uh, a, a buddy of his who balled out tonight against the Knicks, I'm obviously talking about Cole Anthony, is someone who is still learning to find his shot and find his rhythm and find you know when to use his confidence to take the shot or just create for others. So I think that 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 Cole is going to be really good for Jalen um, if Jalen continues to kind of struggle with his efficiency. So another debut um, that it was on Wednesday night was Jamal Mosley. So I think you know first two games and we'll just kind of talk like big picture for just a second here. The first two games, the biggest thing to me was just how disorganized the team looked offensively and defensively yeah. like especially when San Antonio started that you know like half court like the 2 on 2 you know trap yeah. like it, it was kind of like a full court press but didn't really start trapping until they got across half court but it was just like what are we doing like we can't break, break a press they didn't look prepared yeah, for they, they didn't look prepared the, the for presses that, at that all. I broke in middle school yeah. so it was it for yeah, I mean you didn't uh, have like Derek White out there or anything but yeah I get what well, you're saying. Well, it felt like it, all right? You don't know. Um <laughs> No, but yeah, I mean like you said with with Jamal, man. I mean that's that's what it is and that's he's still he's a rookie too, yeah. right? So like he's trying to figure out his rotations. I mean, he talked about it in a, in an interview. I don't remember where I saw it. Maybe you can remind me, but if you saw it, but he was talking about, you know, um the things that he's learning, right? As as an assistant, he knew like I need to have this XYZ ready for ready for the coach at a moment's notice during a game. But now it's like learning during the game which assistants, like what advice I'm listening to and what advice I'm, you know, whatever, and just kind of filtering through and which one's like worth taking which advice. So I think that there's just a a lot that that Mosley's just trying to balance right now. And yeah, I mean, that was really bad. I mean, quite frankly, that that press the start, you know, when you saw that, I was like, oh, oh, no. Oh no! What what are what is going to happen the rest of the game? And then sure enough, we knew we came to find out soon what would happen. Well, like the Spurs, like they went away as soon as they tied the game, they like went away from it. And then it was like to start the third quarter, they're like, "All right, this worked for us in the first half. Like, let's just get back into this." Right. And you turn the magic over again, you know, six times in the third quarter. But so let's talk about Friday versus the Knicks. Um, you know, the home opener. Really, really, you know, it's always so exciting at Amway, the first game of the year. Um, I hate the drive out there, but every time I see the building, like just peek up over the mm-hmm. hill, I just, I'm like a little kid. I get so excited. I get the butterflies. 
There's like an electricity in the arena. It's palpable. You can really feel it. Um, so this was the return of Evan Fournier again. So he came to Orlando, I think it was in April, as a member of the Celtics. I was at that game. The Magic gave him a nice little tribute at that game. Uh, there was some question about whether or not they would give him another tribute because, you know, it was a full house and everything. They did not, which I was okay with. Um, it was a nice mm-hmm. tribute that they gave to him, you know, when he came with the with the Celtics. But still no Gary Harris uh, through the same starting lineup out there. Cole, Suggs, Franz, Wendell, Mo Bamba. We don't need to spend a lot of time talking about this. I feel like, you know, talking about how disorganized the team looked, you know, and kind yeah. of maybe it was a lack of, you know, preparation, you know, from Jamal Mosley. And obviously you're starting two rookies. Um, there's a stat that uh, since they started tracking starting lineups, the starting lineup that the Magic put out on opening night is the youngest ever. So some of this, yeah. you know, really should be expected. And I said it in kind of like my recap after the Spurs game that, this might have been like a reality check for some folks on how this season might go, but this game got ugly very, very quickly. Magic were missing defensive assignments, leaving guys wide open. Um, you know, Mitchell Robinson like back cutting, just com- wide open, just dunk. He's gonna make that every single time. Uh, like when Dell had a like a, a bunny that he missed to start the game. Franz missed a layup, and it was like, all right, this is this is not going to go well. Uh, as soon as they got down, like the ball movement completely stopped. They were actually moving the ball really well to start the game. I felt like, and then they just like were missing shots. And then there's okay, we're just going to go one on one now because we're getting down so much. Uh, they shot 27 percent in the first quarter, or six of 22 from the floor. The shot, the Knicks shot 53 percent and led the Magic 36 to 16 after the first quarter. Magic were down 35 to 65 at halftime. Uh, the second half, though, we did see some life. They went on a 28, a 22 to eight run to start the third. Uh, they were down 16. They felt the you really felt the energy in the building uh, starting to build. Um, Suggs comes down. They're down 16. Pulls up a three. If he hits that, then it's 13, and you're just a stop and another you know three or a couple of baskets. You know, being getting it to under 10, and then the game is really close. But he misses that three. The Knicks get the rebound, go down the other end. Evan Fournier ends up getting a wide-open three. So it goes from possibly being 13 to back to a 19-point yeah, lead six point just like that. And then the Knicks lead right. big the rest of the way. Magic lose 121-96. to Luke, what what were your takeaways? Um, Jalen Suggs, despite being 0 for 6 from 3, that was his best game so far, including tonight for me. Um, I mean, he had 14-8. and eight and only two turnovers. So, like, you saw a lot of growth for him even from game one to two. Um, so that was good to see. I mean, you, yeah, I mean, like you said, you don't give yourself much much of a chance when you end the first quarter down 20. Like, you, 36 to 16, there's no reason that that game should, you know, you should be down that much. And then with these young guys, man, I think that it's so hard when you don't have a veteran who has came back from being down that much before and just like there isn't that experience on the court and in the locker room at you know not near as much as you would like I think that you know that really put the team out of the gate to start and it it really you know I mean these guys man the the Knicks are a good team like the the Knicks really are a top five team for me probably in the east and they've just got a ton of weapons I mean Julius Randle there's not enough that can be said about Julius Randle Evan Fournier has been playing his butt off, came into Amway, did the same thing, you know, picked up right where he left off in his first game after he dropped whatever it was, like 32 in the opener for them. 
um, drops 18. I mean, there was just it's it's going to be growing pains for these guys. Franz has 16 points. You know, Suggs has 14. That was probably the most encouraging part, and I think that's going to continue to be what we look for. Is like, okay, so we lost the game, but how did our rookies do? Right. You know, and and how did Cole do? And and you know, sooner it'll be Chuma and Ji. Like, there's a lot of storylines for this team throughout the year, and I'm I'm interested to see how it goes. But yeah, that that next game, man, on Friday was disheartening to say the least. Yeah, it definitely was. Um, yeah, it it was tough being in the building. You know, with all those Knicks fans, everybody going crazy. You know, Franz Wagner, you mentioned yeah. he he led the entire team in scoring, like. Right. It's so funny how quickly people have changed their opinion on Franz. Like we were, you know, he had a rough summer yeah. league, looked rough in preseason, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, this guy sucks. He's a bust." And it's like everybody just be patient. He's doing the right things. The shots just aren't falling, and now they're falling. And everyone's like, "Oh my god!" Like Franz has like been like our. I mean, Cole had such a good game tonight, but there's an argument for Franz being like our third best player to start the year so far. Like, it, yeah. you know, Wendell yeah, and, and Mo are the, like, you know, 1A, 1B. And then it's like, yeah. Franz, I mean, Cole popped off tonight, but Franz has been playing so well. Yeah. And I think that, you know, what surprised me most about these first two games is really like going into the season, everyone was saying this. Like, we were definitely not the ones that started this or thought this, we're the only ones thinking it. The, the energy of this team is going to really lead them through games. But on the flip side, the the energy the the just the hype around these guys and just the adrenaline that's going through them playing in these NBA games for the first time for those young guys especially Cole included um, is yes their their energy is going to lead them to you know game winning type plays right ring the bell but it's also going to lead them to these games where they do have sixteen to twenty turnovers. And unfortunately, I mean, you saw it against the Spurs. I think the the, the final turnover margin was like eight. I mean, we had 16 and they had eight or something like that. Then you look at New York on Friday. Uh, they only had 11. We had 18 turnovers. I mean, the turnover the turnover battle really is going to determine how much this team, especially this team, stays in the game. And I think it really is just kind of not being so deer in the headlights when the, when the ball comes to you, knowing what you know, – and I think they did a good job tonight against the Knicks, you know – when the ball comes to you, knowing what your next move is going to be, the next pass, who's who's who am I? Who's my first read going to be to? You know, when I touch the ball, I think that you know that is going to be a huge storyline this year as well. Is you know, okay, let's. I bet that would be able to sit down and say, what was the turnover battle like? What was the what was the final margin? And we can probably tell you who won the game, especially with these young guys. Yeah, I think um, you know something that people are really noticing is. Uh, right now, when we break the lineup, and especially when we have like Moritz Wagner, Rolo, and Brass Dacus in the game right now, everything just falls apart. So people are so excited to get like Chuma back, you know, get Ji back because then yeah. you know, Moritz Wagner, Robin Lopez really won't see the floor. As soon as you know Gary yeah. Harris comes back, Ignis, you know, really won't see the floor. And, I mean, we're getting our money's worth right now out of that two way contract, but he only has so many days on the active roster, you know. 45, yeah, I think. so I mean, we're already like, you know, a week into that. So um, right. we'll see what happens with that. But I think what people is like the, the biggest like glaring weakness right now with this roster has been the point guard play. Like Cole Anthony, you know, props to him. He, you know, he's great game tonight. But 
you look at the game, the first game against the Knicks, you know, four turnovers. Jalen Suggs, you know, yeah. two turnovers. RJ Hampton, two turnovers. Uh, first game, right. you know, against the Spurs, Jalen Suggs, three turnovers. Cole Anthony, three turnovers. RJ Hampton, two turnovers. Like, those guys, first of all, we need a calming presence on the floor at the guard position so badly. Somebody that can take the ball, just slow it down, get somebody an easy basket, and just calm everybody's nerves. I've never wanted to see Etwan Moore play basketball more than I do Dude, right now. Give me Michael Carter Williams, <laughs> like literally yeah. anybody right now, um, just to play mm-hmm. alongside these guys. Um, but I think Markel is going to do so much for these guys, especially Jalen and RJ when he comes back. Like yeah. Cole seems like he's you know starting to figure it out, but Jalen, you know, right now, obviously the game is moving so fast for him. At times, he's like a, you know a deer in the headlights. Right. RJ Hampton, Luke, are you familiar with the Mighty Ducks trilogy? Yes, yes I am. So D2, when they go to play in the Junior Olympics games, and it's not just, you know, the, the you know, Minneapolis, you know, like the little District 5 Ducks anymore. They're playing for Team USA. They're gathering talent from all across the country. They bring in this speedster from Miami, Luis Mendoza, okay? <laughs> Incredibly fast. One of the fastest guys you've ever seen on the ice. His problem is he cannot stop. As a hockey player, you need to know how to stop. And this is like a theme throughout the entire movie. And I feel like that is R.J. Hampton. He's so fast. Yeah. He's so athletic. But he, he doesn't really know what to do with it just yet. And it's going to take time. Yeah. You know, people are like, oh, you know, he only played, you know, 19 minutes this game. Or he play, only played 23 minutes last night. They want to see more R.J. Hampton. R.J., we, we really need to be patient with R.J. The talent is there. He's got the moves. He's got the body. But it's going to take time for him to really be able to put it all together. But... Markel is going to yeah. help this team so much when he comes back. Um, really, really looking forward to that. All right, Luke, we're going to take a quick break to hear from our friends from Manscaped, and then we'll talk bing bong game three against the Knicks. <laughs> Attention, ballers. Basketball is back. Ben Simmons has 76 problems this season, but you can have none with our friends over at Manscaped. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped to keep their front and backcourt polished all year long. Trim with their new lawnmower 4.0, which is included in the Performance Package 4.0, and watch the hair fade away. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code 6th at manscaped.com. That's code 6th, S-I-X-T-H at manscaped.com. The Lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor, a new multifunction on-off switch can engage a travel lock, and gives you the ability to turn the 4,000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. Did I mention this trimmer is waterproof too? And one, the Performance Package 4.0 also includes a free pair of Manscaped anti-chafing boxer briefs that will bring your boxer game to the next level. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code 6th at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code 6th, S-I-X-T-H. It's time you take care of your bricks this season. All right, Luke. Um, first of all, let's just talk about how fun this game was tonight against the Knicks. You guys are listening to this Monday morning. Hopefully you're going into work. You got your Dunkin' Donuts and a smile on your face. Uh, Magic win 110 to 104. Cole Anthony got it going early. 15 points in the first quarter. I think he had 21 at the half. Uh, that first yeah. quarter, 5 of 8 from the floor, 4 of 5 from 3. 
two assists, one rebound. The Magic were down 27 to 29. Early in this game, Luke, I'm like, man, this is great. But without Cole shooting the ball like this, we are absolutely going to get smoked. So again, we break the lineup. The Knicks in the second quarter go on a 15-0 to run. Okay, yeah. they go up. Luckily, the Magic are able to answer with a 10 to nothing run of their own, uh, down just five at half. Um, you know, we'll talk more, you know, about Franz and and, and Jalen, just kind of an overview. But Franz Wagner, man, just playing his butt off in that that first half. Um, just again, I, we keep saying this, but it just always looks like he's in the right spot. Fast forward, uh, you know, to the third quarter, the Magic finally take the lead. Uh, take the lead back with five minutes, 55 seconds to go in the third. Um, down 74 to 80, heading into the fourth quarter. The Magic starting with a three-pointer um, from Moritz Wagner at the end of the third quarter. They go on a 15 to nothing run, and then they really never looked back. I mean, there were some moments where the, you know, the Knicks were getting a little bit close. Um, you know, there was a, a, a Rand, uh, Julius Randle just like elbow Jalen Suggs in the back of the head. He gets um, a pass from Franz Wagner, yep. goes up. He's on, like, I was having Daniel Jones flashbacks thought, from a few weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, I thought he was going to baby giraffe it, trying to walk back to the, the yeah. sideline, just like Daniel Jones. Luckily, he didn't. That was, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, you you see that happen, and, uh, I mean, good night. I, I couldn't believe it. Just like, they showed the replay, and it was just like his head cracking forward. Yeah. I was like, instantly a flagrant. Lord. Like, they, they called the flagrant. Yeah. I mean, he's lucky it wasn't a flagrant, too. That's a super dangerous yeah. play. Especially yeah. hitting and someone in yeah, the back the, of the head. It's the most dangerous. Right. If there was place any, if the there head. was any indication of of intention, he he would have definitely been Bro, ejected. In my eyes, there was like he's just sitting there and he just like yeah. it. What it wasn't a play on the ball. <laughs> he just swings his hand, and like yeah. his you know like the side of his elbow catches Jalen in the back of the head. Luckily, you know he was okay. Got up and you know was still moving around and everything. But the fourth quarter like was totally Terrence Ross. Like Terrence, I think was like like two of eight or like you know like had two field goal attempts going into the fourth quarter. I believe he had twenty in the fourth quarter. Uh, at one point, was outscoring the entire Knicks team in the fourth quarter. And like Cole tried, it seemed like to take over in the fourth quarter, but didn't have the same rhythm that he had in the first half. And Terrence was like, yeah. "Daddy Ross got this, boys. Like y'all <laughs> y'all got me to this point." I'm going to show you how it's done. And Gary Harris talked about this. I've mentioned this a few times on the podcast now. He mentioned uh, during media day how important it was early in Denver for those guys to figure out how to win games. And this is why you need a veteran like Terrence Ross on the team to have a crazy fourth quarter and show these guys, this is how we close it out. This is how we win the game. Magic win 110 to 104. Uh, Luke, what were your big takeaways? Well, the biggest one, man, was just like you've talked about it before. Like, okay, well, we're about to see how this, how these guys like respond to adversity, and that's going to be really the first big test, right? And you know, you go, you're at MSG, Jonathan. If you told me, you know, the Magic get outscored the first three quarters at MSG, how do I see it going down? You don't tell me the amounts of the game, how many they're scoring per quarter. I tell you, there's no way the Magic win this game. Um, going into that that final quarter. I mean, like you said, T. Ross just got it together. I mean, we really didn't see much of him offensively um, throughout the whole night till the fourth quarter. So how many did you say that he scored in the fourth? I'm pulling it up right now uh, just to... I think it was like 20 or something like that. in the fourth quarter, 6 of 9 from the floor, 2 of 5 from 3. 
He eight of nine from the free throw line. That was all of his points, wasn't it? Uh, I think it might have. He been. scored twenty two yeah, tonight. Look, all periods. Uh, yeah, twenty two points tonight. Twenty two points in yeah. the fourth quarter. Nine all free throws quarter. in the fourth quarter. Yeah. At, you know, an and one so, three, which I tweeted out. In the last three seasons, I can count on one hand the amount of times that Terrence Ross has been blocked on a three-point attempt. Just put your hand up. Stop jumping. You're going to foul him. Yeah. Right. So, um, I mean, you get outscored and all three quarters. Fourth quarter, you outscore the Knicks 36 to 24. 22 of those 36 points goes to Terrence Ross. A big night for him. All of a sudden, we didn't expect it. I mean, Terrence Ross really was the unsung hero of the game tonight. Obviously, Cole Anthony scoring 29 was huge, but it felt like there was kind of 16 two... rebounds. Can we talk about this? This is a Nikola Vucevic stat line. Right, for a guy who is, they say he's 6'2", but he's, he's six he, foot. He is a big maybe. guy, like just in general speaking, you know, as a you know five nine and a half foot average height male, right. he's a big guy. But he is significantly smaller than everyone else that's out on the floor. Terrence jokingly in his uh, you know post game is like, "Bro, you had 16 rebounds and you're five nine. That's crazy." <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, he he looks five nine on the court compared to a lot of those guys. Um, so yeah, the I mean, Cole Anthony, man, you saw it. I mean, through the whole game, that was the other big thing for me. Was Cole is a guy last year he averaged five assists per game. Right, to had to take over some point guard duties when you know, Markel goes down, MCW, all that type of stuff. He he kind of starts to learn what it is to really start to try to run the offense. Tonight, you saw what happens when he's in a rhythm. I mean, I saw it instantly. He started hitting shots, and I started looking for kind of his playmaking at that point and seeing like, okay, he's getting all the attention drawn to him. It's similar to in, in football, right? Like you're 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 running the football, your guy, your running back is just gashing them every for five, six yards every play, and then all of a sudden they stop paying attention to the to the pass and you're able to take a deep ball on him. So like that was Cole Anthony tonight. He continued to score, he put pressure on the Knicks defense, so much so that it really opened up passing for him. It got Cole just kind of his confidence was through the roof when it came to playmaking. And it was awesome to see him, you know, show what he really can be at the point guard position. I think that in the long run, he will be a shooting guard. But it was nice to see, like, in this time when we don't have Markel, we don't have Etwan, we don't have MCW, that we can depend on him to to maybe play make for these guys. Um, I would love for it not to be at the hands of, like, needing a 29-point game to do so. But he did seem just really comfortable, and he got really in his groove to the point where he ends up with, you know, two two assists shy of a of a triple double tonight. Yeah, big props to Cole. Uh you mentioned that you you felt the second game, you know, the again the well the first game against the Knicks, second game of the season, you know, you felt that was Jalen's, you know, best, you know, game. And I would agree, you know, yeah. he didn't exactly flirt with a triple double, but like walk through the gym like, "Hey, what's up? I see you don't have a ring on your <laughs> finger type of deal." Um but, yeah. you know, him getting to the line tonight, you know, you know, five free throws, four or five from the line. David Steele mentioned he started, before he missed um, a free throw tonight, he started the season, you know, 13 straight uh, free throw makes. So that's, you know, that's a good prospect for his yep. shooting going forward. But it, it seems like, you know, it's going to happen slowly with Jalen. Again, I feel like the point guard is like the biggest learning curve out of all positions because you have so much going on, so many responsibilities. You need to know where everyone's at at all times on the floor. Um, but slowly but surely, he's kind of figuring it out. And it felt like it was slowly but surely with Franz, but it was like, oh, maybe he's... Uh, and you're like, oh, yeah, he's totally got this figured out. Like, I tweeted tonight, 
is it too early to say that Franz is a better cutter than Aaron Gordon? And Aaron Gordon is like, mm. you know, just mm. like points per possession when he cuts is one of the best cutters in the league. Franz literally might be a better cutter than Aaron Gordon. He just always seems to find like the open lane, the back door, get an easy layup. When Markel comes back, like I'm really excited to see how Franz is going to look. But um, I was encouraged by Jalen tonight. Again, looked really good defensively. Did a great job on Fournier. Fournier, you know, had a big game the other night. Only had eight points tonight, and that was largely due to the fact that Jalen was just all over him, following him around everywhere he went. Wasn't letting him get the same open looks that we saw Friday in Orlando. So, props to Jalen. Well, and and uh, and Tibbs, shame on you, by the way. Brought in Fournier when it was too little, yeah, too late. That's You're true. down, you know, seven with a minute and a half or two minutes to go in the game. No idea why Evan Fournier wasn't in the closing lineup. You kept in Alec Burks over him, um, and also RJ Barrett, don't, who wasn't don't totally disrespect Burks. Like Burks is nice. I I like Alex Burks game, Alec Burks game a lot. He's nice, but he's not Evan Fournier. And like he went three for ten yeah, tonight, and well. Fournier went three for eleven. Um, about a minute differential in their playtime. Yeah. I just think that. I don't know what it was. I don't know why Tibbs was holding out Fournier. I know Fournier isn't incredible defensively. He's a good team defender. He's not a great on-ball defender. But I, I just don't see, like, they, they definitely needed that tonight. So I will say Tibbs will smack on the wrist for you, not putting Fournier in sooner, later in the game. Regardless, yes, Suggs did a good job defensively. Um, uh, however, did have, all, you know, four turnovers, I think, tonight. Um, and, and like three assists. So again, just kind of honing in on really, that's another thing I'm going to be looking at with Suggs big time is, you know, his assist turnover ratio because you, you can't, you can't be doing that. There was a play, Luke, I think it was in the fourth quarter where the Knicks like turned the ball over. It was going out of bounds. I think it was Cole that, um, like saved it and like threw it down the other end of the court. Franz is running down there. He dives, can't get the ball, like goes out of bounds. You see the entire bench. Get up, yeah. sprint over to Franz, and pick him up. And it's like, bro, I've never seen that on a professional basketball team before. So, and then, like, you, you see the dunk, uh, you know, that, that Mo had, Mo Wagner had uh, in the second half, and everyone's mm-hmm. going crazy. Um, you know, Jamal Mosley. That was on Obi, wasn't I it? I believe it was. I believe it was on Obi Toppin. Yeah. So, um, let's talk about that just for a second. Like, the the <laughs> this week wasn't, like, as a whole, like, a lot of fun because we got our butts kicked twice. But tonight was a lot of fun. Obviously, you get the W. Yeah. But like this team, people talk about this team being special, and and some people mean like special, like this this <laughs> team could be really good. I don't know about that. Yeah. But this team yeah. does feel special, just in the sense of how much they like each other, like how much you know, like they hang out, they all get along. When we talk about like Cole Anthony, obviously is really tight with Mo Bamba. They've been friends for a long time. Mo's been friends with Wendell for a really long time. Jalen has known RJ for a really long time. Cole Anthony and RJ, obviously, last year got to know each other. You know, they've known each other for a long time as well. Um, And then you have literal brothers in the Wagner brothers. (laughs) So, like, the chemistry Mm -hmm. with this team right now is just through the roof. And we saw this, I think it was last year, uh, when Rick Carlisle, um, you know, wasn't able to coach a game. I think it was due to COVID. And Jamal Mosley took over. The Mavs won that game. And the Mavs went crazy with Jamal Mosley in the locker room. And it, you kind of saw the same thing tonight. He comes to the post game, you know, conference in a different shirt because he just got drenched in the locker room. Um, what do, am I like? Am, am I overhyping this or what? No, no. I mean that's the that's the that's the like 
the biggest factor for the Magic this year that's no secret. Like, this chemistry through the roof. We talked about it in the offseason. They went to the Chuck. For those of you who don't know, they went to the you know to Charleston. I'm sure if you're listening to this, you know about the Chuck. Um, they went to the Chuck. They they you know we knew right. We knew the chemistry would be good. I don't think we knew that it would be this good. I think that you know you talked about it you know in our group chats of like I just want to see like what this looks like after a losing yeah. streak, right? Well, we got you close. Absolutely, we got close. you you got absolutely whopped two games in a row and then you come in tonight at msg and these dudes are still just uh, like just supporting each other to the fullest um and you know i had cole has the great game that obviously helps but but this game this these types of games it's they're never going to be pretty right i mean the magic you go back and look at the box score here the magic shoot uh 40 percent, almost 41 percent from the field the knicks shoot 37 for 100 37 percent from the field these are the games that the Magic are going to win. Like most, I feel like most of their wins are going to be these ugly, grinded out games where all you guys have is each other. You're going to be picking each other up off the ground because there's going to be a lot of dudes diving for loose balls. Like you, you've got to like this is the type of game is like the perfect blueprint for the Magic to win because they're going to be gritty, they're young, That's they're exactly going to be making what Jamal those 50, said 50 ball in plays. the locker room after the game. He said this is the kind of game we need to win, no doubt about it. Yeah, th- those are the games you need to win for your chemistry, but I also think it's the most likely. Like if you're looking at the W's in the columns for the Magic, a lot of those W's next to them are going to have those ugly 40 to 39% shooting games. Um, more often than not. And I think that's just because they are so young. Their defense is going to win them games. They, you know, I had my friends call on the magic defense, Swiss cheese defense, because there's so many holes in it. You Tonight was the night that, that the magic needed to win. And this is the, how the magic are going to win. I think this was the blueprint for how these games are going to get done. And it also shows, goes to show you, these ugly games can be fun. This was a, a fun game. The environment was a, a, they said it on the Knicks broadcast, a playoff environment type atmosphere with the amount of fans in the arena before the game. I mean, it was a, it really is, I think, more than we can explain how big the win is for Orlando, for the young guys, for Mosley, for all of their confidence, especially when you're saying, hey guys, get on the plane, we're going to Miami. I have to say, I came into this game tonight. You know, we've talked about the you know the disorganization that we saw the first two games. I came in tonight like like really concerned. Like if we were to get blown out again and look that yeah. j- disjointed, I was gonna be like, man, like is like I don't want to say things too early, but when a team looks that unprepared, if it was three straight games, especially the same team twice in a row, when you know what you need to fix from the first game, right? We would have looked really bad and be like, man, what's like Mosley, like you gotta figure this out. And I know he's a young coach. Um, you know, he's right. you know, still learning a lot, but I was gonna have some concerns tonight if we came out, you know, and got blown out. So Right. I, yeah. what I'll say and, and just really quickly is a hot yeah. shooting night can fix a lot of offense. So I don't know if like the offensive problems are like totally fixed. But defensively, mm-hmm. we looked much more yeah. organized tonight. Now there were still a handful of times like missed assignments, guys getting open looks. But for the most part, those problems looked like mostly remedied tonight. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. We both know this, right? I mean, tonight was a good win. This team is still not to the point where we think that they could have a winning record this year by any means. Um, but I will say, 
you know, I going into tonight, I was like, it it's too soon to like be rooting for a ton of losses, right? Like I know we're gonna be bad. And then I just kept thinking about how like once again, I know I've said this before, but I just started thinking about like we were we had the best chance. We were tied for the best chance to get the number one pick, and we still got the fifth pick. Just if you can win a game, win a game, man. Win win the freaking game. Because when it comes down to lottery night, anything can happen. You can have a three percent chance to get the number one pick and you can grab it. Like that is such a crapshoot, man. And I, I'm just so done and putting like my trust in those stupid ping pong balls that I'm like, ping I'd rather pong. put my trust in ping ping bong um that i i am so like done over that like i'm going to definitely put my trust more so in the fact that like more wins equal better future success for this team yeah like no matter any way you cut it i think last year we hadn't you know tanked uh that bad in a long time so everybody was just kind of like we need we need the we need the worst odds like or the best odds for the you know with the worst record we need this and it's like now looking at it it's like i don't want I don't want I don't want that. There was nothing worse than the pain of being the worst team in the NBA last year and one of the worst teams in the NBA and getting the fifth. Luckily pick. it kind so, of paid off because we ended up with Jalen Suggs. But in the it, moment yes. it hurt like hell. No, and it still it still does like it still does, man. I mean the the craziest part is we could have won like ten, what, five, ten, twelve more games. And still, like, we would have had a, a shot at the number, like, at a number, a top three pick, whatever it might have been. Like, it just wasn't worth it. Like, yes, it, great, we got sucks. But I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know how you feel about it. But it's just, like, I I don't care anymore. Like, just win as many games as you can with this young core, and I think it, it will translate to better future success. You will not see the return of the helmet, the tank helmet, if things go badly no. this year. I'll just be sitting here depressed. So I'm 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 right there with you, Luke, honestly. But yeah, yeah this game was a lot of fun, but um I still think you know, there there are tough times ahead. I still think this team is gonna face real adversity. Um I don't think we're like past the point like, oh, this team is gonna be fine if they lose a few games. Like the true tests are right. still ahead. As fun as this game was, like don't get it twisted. Yeah, like this like this week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> This week is the true yeah, test. Literally. So um as fun as it was, you know, there are still, you know, some some tough times ahead. So really quickly, I just wanted to go through um, you know, some of the averages, you know, for the guys, you know, the first couple of weeks. Cole Anthony right now averaging sixteen point three points per game, shooting thirty five percent from the floor, thirty four percent from three, including tonight. Um, seven rebounds, six assists, so looking good uh, for Cole Anthony. Terrence Ross right there with him, 16.3 points per game, shooting 50% from the field, 50% from the three-point line, 85% from the free-throw line. Uh, Mo Bamba, 14 points, nine rebounds, two assists, um, sitting at two blocks a game. Uh, Franz Wagner, we'll talk about the rookies, really just kind of wrap this up here. Uh, 12 points per game, five rebounds. Uh, he's shooting 50% from the floor, 38% from the three-point line. Jalen Suggs right now, 11.7 points per game, shooting 25% from the floor, 13% uh, from the three-point line, 92% uh, from the free-throw line. Three rebounds, four assists, three turnovers. Got to clean that up. Uh, but he's leading the team 1.3 steals per game. Uh, and then Wendell Carter, got to shout him out. 11 points per game, 9.3 rebounds, uh, 52% from the floor, 37% from the three-point line. So um, 
Overall, as a team, we're shooting 33% from the three-point line, which I was kind of relieved to hear that, Luke, uh, because I felt like we've just been shooting the ball um, you know, so well so far through you know the first three games, but we're really not. It felt like, uh, right. you know, especially Friday against the Knicks, that the three-point shooting was kind of keeping us in the game, and it was to a certain extent, but only shooting 33% on the year, you know, and that's pretty much, you know, just below league average. So um, this team's looked good tonight. Um, but, uh, yeah, nobody get crazy in thinking that the Magic are now a, a three-point shooting team because that's really not the case. Uh, looking at the offensive rating, 102.7 points per 100 possessions, 117.2 defensive rating, you know, giving up 117.2 points. Uh, per 100 possessions, a net rating of minus 14 and a half. Obviously, when you get blown out twice in a week, the net rating on the week isn't going to look that great. Not looking to look too deep into these numbers, Luke, um, but that's what they are a week into the season. Yeah, I mean, let's uh, let's try to win in Miami tomorrow night. That'd be nice. Fix those uh, that net rating a little bit. Nothing would love nothing more than a than a little bit of a, a win in the three o five. Really, really would be nice. I, I would definitely trade. Well, maybe not. It was such a good win tonight, but yeah, hopefully we beat the the Miami Heat tomorrow. Uh, that game starts at seven thirty. Then on Wednesday, home for Charlotte. Game starts at seven. Then a, a road, pretty you know tough road back to back. Friday at Toronto. That game starts at seven. They are back in Toronto this season. Games are will not be in Tampa. And then uh, Saturday at Detroit, we might get our first look at Cade Cunningham. Um, I don't know if he's back from that ankle injury just yet. That game's going to oh, start at 7. Oh, what a seven. gift. So Friday's going to be horrible uh, because if Scotty Barnes plays well, the Magic lose. We're going to hear <laughs> about that to no end. So I'm hoping like that Jalen's first 30-point game, we blow out the Raptors. Scotty Barnes looks terrible. Guys, stop going on the Toronto Raptors subreddit. Stop reading these, you know, trolls on Twitter, Toronto Raptor fans just coming to talk about like I don't understand where why Raptors fans are so salty. You picked the guy that you wanted. <laughs> you made the pick yeah. first. It'd be different if we passed on him and then you guys oh, oh look how good this guy is. Blah blah blah. Like no, you guys took the guy first. Be happy with your pick. Right. Don't be so insecure that you have to come and argue with Magic fans. Yeah, don't be so surprised that your pick that you picked before Jalen Suggs when he was still on the table is looking good right now, like looking better than Suggs right now. I just Toronto just won the championship two years ago. That team is still, <laughs> you know, a little bit intact. You have very good players right. on that team. Scotty Barnes walked into a very good situation. Jalen would have walked into a a very good situation there day one as well. Like context clues matter, folks. Like don't just jump to conclusions. Jalen, I think Jalen is going to be just fine, Luke. Um, let, let's kind of end the show with that. Your your takes on Franz and, and, and Jalen so far, just overall. Um, I, I think Franz has looked better. I think that that Franz, um, for me, I don't think that's an overreaction. I just think like statistically and impact wise, he has just been better. anybody with defensively. He's he's making shots reading from skills. three. He, Franz is definitely playing better. He, Franz is playing better, and and you know it's got people wondering: Am I going to be buying a Franz Wagner jersey uh, over uh, over a, a, a Suggs could jersey? Shout out producer Kevin. Um, could buy both. Kevin, go ahead and just line them up, get both of them. Um, but uh, yeah, man, I, I think Franz has looked better than I thought he would look. 
um, even from the time that the draft night was, that wasn't just me thinking about preseason in mind. He's looked better than I thought he would look, you know, even on draft night after I thought about everything and kind of had time to reflect about, you know, the player that he could be. Um, Suggs, he, he's just got a lot to, to kind of learn. He's still learning the flow of, of the team and the chemistry and all those types of things. I, I think, you know, his, his ability to, to get, you know, you know, go after people, get, you know, make contact with people, not being afraid of them down low has been really impressive to me. Um, in college, we've, you know, I was, even though he's a football player, right in college that he never really jumped out on the screen as someone that was aggressive. He actually had a reputation of kind of shying away from contact at the rim, which everyone thought was kind of weird. Um, so for me, I think that's been kind of the, the biggest thing for me is just seeing him not be afraid of anybody at the rim. I think that's something that can really translate as a, you know, his career, you know, continues. So, yeah, I'm right there with you. Franz has looked great. Uh, I thought he, I, w- I thought he was going to come along, you know, slowly, like even from the draft and, He's coming along a lot quicker than I thought he was, so he looks great. I think I tweeted tonight, you know, Franz Wagner, worthy of the eighth pick, and that got, like, a lot of likes and everything, so people are changing their tune on old sweet Franz. But Jalen, guys, just be patient. It's going to take time. Um, I think he's going to be really good. He's really solid defensively. Um, he seems to be, you know, trying to do the right things offensively, but, he, you know, he's just figuring things out. So let's be patient with these guys. Um, you know, I'm sure we'll give an update, you know, next week, but – Let's give it, you know, 15, 20 games before we really start, you know, kind of carving out what we think these guys are. So um, big week, you know, coming up you know, next week, you know, mentioned again, uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday at Miami versus Charlotte at Toronto at Detroit. Going to be a busy week. Um, so, you know, be look out for the episode, um, you know, next Monday. We'll have, you know, four games to cover. Um, let's and, win some games. Yeah. And. And real quick, Jonathan, you don't have to go into depth about anything, but uh, four games, what's the record looking like by, at, for this week? I'm going one and three. Um, I think we pick up that game at Detroit. Okay. I think we're going to go two and two. I like it. Um, I think Charlotte has a game. I'm going the numbers route here, okay. kind of storyline. The game after us, Charlotte has a game primetime ESPN in Miami um, just a Friday after we play them on Wednesday. So I think we will catch them kind of looking ahead, similar to maybe how the Knicks were tonight. I mean, the Knicks playing this, playing Philly, uh, I think, Tuesday on primetime and TNT. So, um, so yeah, I, I think we catch them sleeping. I think we go 2-2 two and two on the week. I think we beat the Pistons. If Cade especially is in the lineup, I think it will be a lot of gelling, a lot of chemistry for them. So that kind of all culminates into kind of my prediction there. I like it. And, yo, shout out to the suckers tonight that hated on my plus 12 bet of the Magic. Cashed it and then oh, some. covering. Mm-hmm. Cashed it and then yep. some. Somebody said, hey, uh, what uh, what do you use to bet? And this kid said, his heart, not his brain. And I felt that. <laughs> I was like, dang. I'm like, That's the story of my life. <laughs> well, shout out to you, bro. Joke's on you. Your boy cashed out. I'm getting some McDonald's tomorrow. Holla at your boy. All right. So, I, Luke, I think that's a good opportunity. We're going to end this show here. Uh, for Luke yep. Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You guys are listening to The Six Man Show, and we will catch you guys next time. Bing bong. Thanks for listening to The Six Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. Please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It would really help us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Six Man Show and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic!